0: welcome to today's podcast by preacher as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of god's word with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to god we pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence be assured of your salvation in christ and god's unconditional love for you second letter of paul to timothy a very young christian a very young Christian young man, and this is what he has to say, starting in the first chapter, beginning with the third verse. Paul is saying, I give thanks to God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did. I thank him as I remember you always in my prayers, night and day. I remember your tears, and I want to see you very much, that I may be filled with joy. I remember the sincere faith you have the kind of faith that your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice also had. I am sure that you have it also. For this reason I remind you to keep alive the gift that God gave to you when I laid my hands on you, for the Spirit that God has given us does not make us timid. Instead, his Spirit fills us with power, love, and self-control. Do not be ashamed then of witnessing for our Lord, neither be ashamed of me, his prisoner. Instead, take your part in suffering for the good news, as God gives you the strength for it. He saved us and called us to be his own people, not because of what we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. He gave his grace to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But now it has been revealed to us through the appearance of our Savior, Christ Jesus. For Christ has ended the power of death. And through the good news, he has revealed immortal life. God has appointed me to proclaim the good news as an apostle and teacher. And it is for this reason that I suffer these things. But I am still full of confidence. For I know whom I have trusted. And I am sure that he is able to keep safe until that day what is entrusted to me Oh, to the true words that I taught you as an example for you to follow and stay in the faith and love that are ours in union with Christ Jesus Keep the good things that have been entrusted to you through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us Lord, we would have a better day if you would help us to understand what Paul is saying The King James Version has it translated, the confidence of the Apostle Paul, when he says, I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And I simply want to respond to that by saying, and that is a fact, and that is a fact. And the thing that I would wish to do this morning would be simply to confirm what the Apostle Paul discovered and knew so many many years ago. And to say to you because of the knowledge that he has, the same knowledge that he had was what he was trying to tell Timothy and talk to Timothy about. And one of the same, dear friends and dear ones, is the knowledge that you and I can lay hold of today that can really be a meaningful experience for each one of us. Now while I was away in that far distant place of where so far out that it was hard to find uh, someone in, on those lakes. In fact, uh, some days we were out on the lakes and we were the only ones out there, just us and the animals that uh, there were down next to the to the road, uh, Indian family that were camping. Now that was an interesting situation to run into. Now here you're out in this wilderness, you see, and way up the lake must be about five or eight or ten miles long, and coming back, we could look over in, in this wilderness, nothing but a wilderness. And here is an antenna, a TV antenna. And that was the funniest thing that I've ever seen in my life. Well, while I was up there in that beautiful place, of course, the news came to me uh, that my sister had passed away. Now, to say that she's my sister was not quite right and is right in a sense, but she was my mother that I told you about, and she had that nasty habit of, Anytime that this kid, she took over his mother, you know, but she'd always need out punishment immediately. It wasn't any, I'll get you after a while, you know. I mean, I've been hit with a potato masher and, and spatula and, and, you know, those type of things. And, and of course, it was uh, told that she had passed away. Well, you've been through something like that, and if you haven't been, you're going through it. And, and you know that it's just a terrible situation. It's just, you know, it's just something hits you in the pit of your stomach like a, a lump of coal lead and and you have to try to learn to adjust it and to live with it. It is death that can shake us back to reality, you know jar us awake we 're going along, and everything seems to be fine, everything is fine, and then all of a sudden you realize that your little world is turned upside down and inside out, and it 's not going to be the same again and and Oh, what a terrible thing that is and I was in the funeral home and Oh, I, I listen, I was really feeling sorry for myself. It's interesting what you really feel, as you know, you feel so sorry for yourself. Most of it turns on yourself. And there's the person there trying to comfort me, and, and they did. And it was wonderful, and I appreciated that. Uh, and I was uh, sort of, you know, crying, and I was thinking about all the things that are past and won't be anymore. I remember being out just before I left on vacation to see my brother that's retired. I will not want say he's retarded, but he's retired. I think he is retired too. But anyway, uh, I went out to see him, uh, and he said uh, before hardly got out of the car, he said, now, preacher, he doesn't have a brother who has a preacher. See. He says, preacher, he says, I don't have time to fool with you today. I'm real busy. Can you come back another time? I said, sure, brother, I'll come back another time. And then I was sitting there in the funeral home, and I think about my sister and my mother's sister. And, you know, I never remember a time she said she was ever too busy. That's like a mother, you know. Now you think about your mother's house, and it's just wide open. You know, you you go and come. come at meal time, and one of us, two of us, three, of us, four of us. No matter, something else that had to be fixed. Get up and fix it, and set of place at the table, and you were most welcome. Come at one o'clock the morning, no problem. We'll make you a place to sleep somewhere. With all the bed got plenty of room on the floor, but you're welcome. And I was sitting there in the funeral home, and I was going through this, you know. Oh, I was feeling miserable. This was terrible. And I said, I. You know, the one who was listening to me, and I was telling this to you, I said, you know, I'll never be able to have that anymore. And that's the God's honest truth. You know, my brother, you can't depend on him. He's busy, you know. And I was really miserable. And after I had said this sobbing story, this person turned to me and said, preacher, I've never had that in my life. And you know, I shook me awake again. I had something that this person had never had. She had never had the freedom to go and to come. In a home, even her mother's home, like that. Paul is telling us about something. That you and I have available to us, not tomorrow, dear friends and dear ones, but today. That you and I can anchor our soul to in such a way that I want to tell you, I don't care what kind of storm breaks over your life, it doesn't make any difference. And death is the greatest, if we can believe the Bible, is the greatest enemy of man. It's the greatest one. I want to tell you that if we listen to Paul that he can tell us uh, uh, where there is an anchor that will hold these souls regardless of what type of storm may sweep across them Now the only way that I can stand here this morning and tell you about it is because I know what Paul is talking about and I know Uh, that what happened to him and what he was trying to tell Timothy is one of the same thing that you and I can lay hold of today, and I want to tell you, it is a garden for the soul. It is a sanctuary for the soul. Or we can take it over in the Bible where the question is put about the bomb. Well, here is the bomb that can can help us. The one that can hold these souls and ours together, that gives it a sanctuary, that brings it to the place where the bomb of Gilead, that the scripture talks about, can really be effective. Now Paul tells us in the scripture that I quoted to you. I want to just re-think through that with you this morning. Because it's interesting to know that the same place where Paul tells us where we can anchor our souls and how he did it and how to go about it, is one of the same ways that you and I come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's telling us about the plan of salvation too, you see. The simple plan of salvation, and here it is. I know whom I have believed. I know. I know. Oh, what what an affirmation. Paul is speaking here of a special kind of knowledge that you and I can have, a special kind of knowledge that we can have about another human being. Not too long ago, I dropped by home, and the little lady of the house came rushing out, making 90 miles an hour, and she saw me coming up the sidewalk, and she said, Preacher, if you don't mind to come back, she says, I have uh, got an appointment, and I've got to keep it. And I said, Well, you need to slow down. And she says, Well, she said, I can't, I'm supposed to meet my husband for dinner. And he's already called once. And if he calls one more time, I know he's already eaten without me. And I said, well, do you really think your husband would eat without you? He said, he sure would. You don't know my husband. He would. And I said, well, you better hurry. Paul is talking about a situation where that we can know the Lord Jesus Christ in a way that we can be sure of his action and what he's going to do and what he will not do. Now, you see, Paul knew about Two things, he knew the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and Paul knew the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's a difference in that and just knowing through a creed. Now our creeds are important and that's the reason I like to say the Apostles' Creed every morning. It's different than actually theology. It's a little bit different than this intellectual knowledge that you and I can have. It's something that is known not only by the mind but by the heart too because we have experienced it. And that is what makes the difference. I know. Now we need to come to the place where we can say that I know. The half of the world knows something about the Lord Jesus Christ, or maybe the greater part of the world, but uh, not to know what, but to know whom, a person, a personal encounter with God. I know, I believe, and am persuaded. Now this is a different kind of believing too. I suppose there's a degree of all of our belief. I hope that if I live another five years that you will say, well, yes, if you're with me, well, I can see that he has grown into faith. I can tell that he, he has a little better understanding, a little more knowledge about the Lord Jesus Christ uh, than he has had before. I think this is what the scripture talks about when we are to go on learning. This is what Paul is trying to say. But there comes a place where I have enough right now information that I believe. I believe there is a friend of mine that every once in a while invites me to come and have breakfast with him. And when he has breakfast at these different places, he always introduces me uh, to those around him as a Methodist preacher. I've never quite figured out why, but he introduces me as a Methodist preacher. The other morning we were, well, it's been about a month or so ago, we were eating together for breakfast in a new place, and I could tell that he had been there several times before they had breakfast because. He seems to have known quite well the cute little thing that was waiting on us. And she comes up to the table with her little pad ready to to write down her order, and uh, he introduces me. He says, I want you to meet a friend of mine, a Methodist preacher. And she says, yes, my name is Bo Derek. Now, how do you want your age? (laughs) Come into the place to have the information that you need to be able to reach a point within your mind where you can say that I I do believe, I, I believe. I believe the vacation that we were on. Sometimes it's hard to believe. It, it really is, and you have to do something about it to really to believe. And that's not wrong either. Where do we ever get this concept to doubt something is wrong. To doubt something and not do anything about it is wrong. But to ask a question about it and then go on and try to satisfy yourself, that's right. Now, I was up there on that lake, you know, just fishing away, and boy, I pulled pulling a big one. Oh, it looked, you know, well. Well, you know, it was a big one. Well, anyhow. It was a big wall, and that's what we are fishing with. That's the supreme fish, as far as I'm concerned, you see. So I caught that thing, and we got it in, you know, and, and I just knew what was going to be the big one. And you know, the next day comes along, fishing out the same boat, and she didn't know what she was doing, and she caught one bigger than mine. Same kind of fish. And I looked at that fish. I can't be bigger than mine. And so we weighed on the little scales. Yeah, the scale said even there was a couple pounds bigger. And I said, now the scales are off, you know, they just can't be. So we had to take the thing back to camp, take it in, and weigh it on the camp scale. Yeah, sure enough, it weighed a few more pounds than mine did. Well, I didn't want to even believe it then. Well, anyhow, sometimes we have to work at these things of believing. Coming to the place where you can say that I know, I know what I know that I know. Now hope when you reach that place, you're coming close to the place where the Apostle Paul was talking about. Now there are some people among us that they can tell us the week, the day, the hour, and the minute uh, when they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and they can tell you things happen to them. Horace Bushnell comes along some years ago and says that's not the only way to do it. There's another way. Thank the Lord for Horst Bushnell, this great theologian. He said a child can grow up within a home and never know anything else but to have loved the Lord Jesus Christ all of his life, with all of his heart, with all of his soul. And hope that's true. Now, this is an interesting thing to me. I didn't have that much religion within my home, but I never remember a time that I didn't know about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, isn't that an interesting statement to make? Somewhere along the way, though, there comes a time when you move in and you become acquainted with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can say at this time, now I believe. I believe. I can't point you to any time, but, friend, I want to tell you something. I believe. And I know that I know that I know that there's the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know that he can communicate with you today. Now, how about that? Now that's a fact. I know, I believe, and I have committed. Now, folks, here's where the fireworks start. When you come to a place, I know and I believe. And now the third step is to commit. That's what Paul is talking about, commit. Oh, what a, what a word that is and what this means. Now this is a step that you take and I'll guarantee you it'll set off the fireworks within your life if they haven't been set off before. Commit something to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you something's gonna take place. Well, we were up there and tired and worn out and went to bed about 11 o'clock and about 1.30 was awakened and and everything was going up in flames. I mean, Ted, you—I may have missed the Fourth of July here, the fireworks, but up there, the Lord provided. And the whole cotton picking camp, about a third of it, blew up. Sort of. We're so far back in the wilderness, and that they don't have electrical power, they have to generate their own. So they had their big diesel, and that thing runs 24 hours a day. And 30 in the morning, they decided it was going to cut out and set itself afire, and three of the large buildings went up in fire. Did we ever have fireworks? Those pine trees, you know, go straight up 100 feet and they have a little top up there on it. The fire was up on the top of those pine trees, you know. Everybody in their night clothes, you should have seen the situation. Boy, there's out on the road, you know. Everything was going up. Thought the whole camp was going to be burnt out. And here they were rolling out holes, trying to put the fire out, and someone says, we're out of gas. Well, you can see, it without electricity, you couldn't pump any gas. Said, so does anybody in the group, now get this picture, I want you to get this picture. A sort of an insult to me, really. I don't know what it's trying to do to me. Anyway, here we were standing out there on the road and said the little uh, motor that pumps the water up to put out the fire is about out of gas. Well, that's a sad situation. Does anybody know how to siphon gas out of a car? Everybody you know, Nobody knew. I know how to siphon gas. <laughs> Well, it's like saying, does anybody know how to steal watermelons? You know. <laughs> <clears throat> so I said, yeah, here? They came over with the can and the hose, and and they said, uh, where? I said, where's the car? I said, this car right here. And I looked on it and it had the emblem of the police department of Long Lake. You know. I said, you want me to siphon gas out of this car? And this guy standing there, and he looked sort of indifferent. He said, yeah, it's all right, buddy. Go ahead. It's my car. So we siphoned the gas and got the thing under control and, and uh, put the power out. Commit it. Commit Commit yourself. doesn't make any difference what other people think. Uh, the pump needs gas. And if you don't get the gas, the power won't be put out because it can't pump water. And that's sort of a ridiculous sort of, a, of illustration. But friends, it doesn't make any difference what other people might think. It is within your hands and within your hand alone that you can either commit yourself or you don't have to. And nobody can do it for you. And the fire will never be put out in your soul until you do. It's as simple as that. And you'll never know what I'm talking about this morning until you commit yourself. You see what Paul is talking about here, and I must hurry. He's talking about a sort of a double... Prong situation. He's talking about what Christ has committed to us. Now you pick that up in this modern translation or paraphrase, but in the King James you don't quite pick it up right. But He's talking about a two-pronged situation. He's talking about what Christ has committed to us for us to care for. What has Christ committed to you? What he's committed to your body. called it the temple of God to care for. He's committed to you life for you to use or to misuse, He's committed to you a soul to return to Him in some fashion. He's committed to you a church. Oh, you see, death has a way of shaking you back to reality and bringing you face to face with those things in life that we need to be brought face to face with from time to time. He has committed to us a church and to a family and to friends. And God has trusted us with that. The scripture is filled with the dependence of God on man. Now, this is the thing that amazes me. I have never and never will understand it, why God did it, but he did it. And that is he limits himself to work through you and me. He trusts us, you and me, to do the things that he wants to have done within his society. When he wants something done, he wraps himself in a person to get it done. When there's a child to be taught, he calls on another human being to teach that child. When there's one lonely, he calls on another human being to befriend that person. When one is sorrowing, he calls on another human being to extend comfort. When one needs love, he calls on another human being to extend it. When one is lost, whether it be physically or spiritually, he elects another human being, as Paul says, to tell him about the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my, how God trusts us. But that's not all. Paul is saying, I have committed to him some things, too. Committed to him, and I want to say I've committed to him yesterday. And I have committed to him tomorrow. Isn't it a tragedy that those of us who name the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we're so involved in what maybe what happened yesterday, are so involved today in what may happen to us tomorrow, that we cannot make the most of the opportunity that you and I have together today. Oh, think about it, the joy that you rob yourself of trying to play God. Oh, he promised us today, as the day, so shall your strength be. Committed my life, hard or easy, sick or well, joy or pain. Committed to him. I think about the the young man was trying to trick the old philosopher and the wise man came to him with a with a bird in his hand with uh, and his hands behind him and he says which one which hand is it that i have the bird in and is it dead or alive and the old sage said it is as you will it well here it is here's where we are committed my life regardless of what the situation might be it is in the hand of god and committed my family, whether it be the church or my own physical family, to him. They belong to him before they belong to me. You know how I love them. And we think about our physical family, it's the very best that we have. Those of us who are parents know that the best that we have, the greatest hope that we have, is in our children in life. And if it doesn't turn out right, that's the reason why it is so sad. And the reason it hurts so. The reason it hurts so. Committed to him, my sister mother, whatever the situation might be, let it be, Lord, let it be. I want to cry out to him at one stage of it and say, not yet, Lord, not yet, I'm not ready. And then I realize i would never be ready, you know, you'll never be ready. But only in God's good time. I don't have to play the part of God. Committed, oh, committed. You see, I'm not talking about something that's necessary so easy. I'm talking about something, dear friend, that takes the best that you have at the deepest level of your heart and your soul. Commit my soul to him, too, against the day that I can no longer look after it properly. The present, too, the whole situation, committed. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Now, folk, Here's where it takes the most delightful turn, and then we're going to be finished and go home. One of the most beautiful things, now it's beautiful up to this point, oh, but back off just a minute now, and look what the Apostle Paul, the statement, can it be so? Can it be true? If it is true, it's the greatest news that you've ever heard, or you ever will Here, today, tomorrow, or any time, and Paul says it's true. And I found it to be true at this point within my life. Now you say he shifts the scene completely from Paul, from Timothy, from the individual, from the person, and he goes back to Christ. He will keep. Is that the whole point? He will keep. He will keep. He will keep the highest and the best that we can think of. He will keep. Paul knew the love and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he knew that he had already conquered death. The greatest enemy, that's what he said, that's what he said here, the one who has the power to be able to set this aside, he will keep. I read some time ago in the Reader's Digest, and perhaps you did too, about the young lady somewhere here in the east, I believe it was, and she makes her way out west and to one of the big ranches out there where they have thousands of sheep. And she was hard on as a sheep herder. And she had to live with those sheep, so to speak. She had this little thing on wheels, I think it was a picture of it, I've seen them when I was out there. I've seen these things. And the shepherd with a dog stays in that thing, that little old house that year round the to find not out with the sheep, where the sheep go, they go. You know. And it was her responsibility to see that those sheep were protected, to see that those sheep were were taken to water and see that those sheep were raised properly and see that those sheep were delivered to where the owner wanted them delivered. That was her responsibility. A lonely job, a hard job, but a job that she said that she enjoyed. Now you think about it. Whose responsibility is it to deliver the sheep that belongs to the Lord? Whose responsibility is it to deliver the person that is committed to the Lord Jesus Christ that belongs to God? It is Jesus' responsibility to see that your soul, that is committed to him, is delivered to the very precise place that God wants it delivered, the way that he wants it delivered. All the things that I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that, which I have committed unto him against that day. Oh yes, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, and many mansions, I've so you. This is a good shepherd. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you might be also.